0: This episode of The Building Years is brought to you by Rally Flip Cap. Wear it, flip it, love it. Go to rallyflipcap.com, that's wwwr dot com. They've got a bunch of new featured products, a Merry Christmas, Flip Cap, also a Country Pride Classic Snapback, a Work Hard Snapback, and also a Luck of the Irish, <laughs> that's bad Irish, Luck of the Irish, there we go, it's early, Classic Snapback. Uh, with a shamrock on it, and then uh, whenever you check out for being a listener of the Building Years, type in the coupon code Talk, all one word, to get a discount on all hats. Also, like Rally Flip Cap on Facebook. And now, here is our episode 178 with our buddy Sandy Danto. It's the Building Years podcast. <laughs> with justin alexio and jeremiah watkins new episodes every wednesday Wednesday. Welcome welcome to the show welcome to the building years everybody it's friday i'm jeremiah watkins it's fucking friday i'm justin alexio and uh oh boy oh boy uh we have somebody very special in say the living room. that every week. I, no, but this guy. We've actually been trying to book this uh, comedian for a while. Uh, he's a good buddy of mine. Uh, we've done a lot of shows together over the years. And uh, really one of my favorite people to watch uh, do comedy in L.A. I love uh, seeing him up at the Comedy Store and around. Please welcome my pal Sandy Danto to the program, everybody. Thank you for having me, and thank you for those nice words. Definitely. Always nice to hear stuff like that. What's the nicest thing someone's ever said to you?
1: What's the nicest thing ever? <laughs> you know, I have an easier time remembering the bad
0: things <laughs> than the good. And I know
1: there, there have been people that have caught me off guard and said really nice things to me that really touched me, and I try to express how much them saying that meant to me. I honestly cannot remember (laughs) any specific time. I can remember all the bad things anyone's ever said, all the YouTube comments that are bad about me. Well, uh, name a couple YouTube comments that you still remember. So I made this uh, (laughs) this video where I remade the Belushi screen test for SNL because I was trying to get thank you, which I was I was trying to get. In the room. You know, realistically, I'm not saying... You know, you got to think positive. Yeah. Thought, worst case scenario, I made a video that I feel good about. Best case scenario, I get into this movie, but realistically, somebody will see it and say, this guy could do it, but we need a star name, but I would take some meetings. That never happened. Worst case scenario... I made something that I thought I was proud of until <laughs> I saw the YouTube comments were like uh like <laughs> bullshit or uh this is just an actor trying to be a comedian or uh jeez. Uh, like really harsh, like like critical
0: of your craft.
1: Like, this, if this guy was on drugs, he would maybe be half as good as Belushi was. <laughs> <You're great. laughs>
0: well, the thing is, probably all those comments were from six-year-olds, so yeah. there you go. Yeah. You still so, read the comments? I try not to. When well, I, put- I try not to,
1: but for some reason, <laughs> I have not disassembled the emails that I get from my YouTube channel.
0: <laughs> so you would get an update every so time? So every
1: time, like, and it'll be, you know, do you guys, I don't know if everybody does this, but... No matter how early or late I go to bed, I wake up in the middle of the night at about 5.23 a.m. or 4.23. I don't know why it's always on the nose like that. Yeah. But I'll always wake up and, and like, look at my phone to see what time it is. And, oh, some emails. What are they? <laughs> oh, somebody commented on my YouTube video. I hope the person that made this dies <laughs> of false uh, False hope. <laughs> Glad I
0: woke up and saw that. I'm <laughs> going back to sleep and
1: hoping that this was a dream. But,
0: but in 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 reality, though, I've I've actually watched that video multiple times, and I've seen the John Belushi original audition tape video, and it's a really really spot on good thank you impression. You know, I I put time into it. it well, I it, look
1: when I watch it. I'm like. You know, there are a couple of things I probably could have done better, but I think it's something that I'm proud of. Absolutely. At the very least.
0: Yeah. Well, it's
1: But it's, then they cast Emile Hirsch in the movie. <laughs> and uh, uh I I just don't get it.
0: Is <laughs> it, did that come out or No, it, no, I don't even yeah. know if
1: it's started production yet, but Yeah. Uh I just imagine the way Hollywood works. You know, because I, I really have no idea after being out here for almost a decade. But just, it's like, ah, we're, we're making a, a movie about Babar, the elephant. Should we cast an elephant? Nah, you know, Tom Cruise is available. We can, <laughs> we, can, we, can we can make him look like an elephant with CGI. <laughs> it's like, none of it makes any sense to me. Right. I would be perfect for that fucking thing. It was, it was... It was When I was younger and more naive, I thought it was my destiny to come out here (laughs) for that specific reason. And then I was like, oh, once I became more jaded and the opportunity came about, I was like, oh, you know, this is maybe what I came out here for. The timing is lining up perfectly. And then Emile Hirsch and Deadline (laughs) Hollywood Daily squashed whatever
0: semblance of my dreams I still had. Uh... So Belushi and Farley were probably a couple of your your guys growing up then, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, we, we share that. We're like the way we're both diehard Saturday Night Live fans. Yeah. And well, you know, I kind of lost
1: interest in Saturday Night Live over the last seven, eight years or whatever. But I've recently gotten back into it and started watching some of the ones that I missed out on. It, actually, this reminds me of something somebody said to me that was nice. But, and it happened the other night. It was a comic. And she said, I remember something you said on stage in an open mic like four years ago. I was like, oh, that's so sweet that you remember. She's like, yeah, it had a profound effect on my life. I was like, oh, what was it? You said, it's my dream. To give up on my dreams. <laughs> I was like, oh, that had a profound effect on your life? Well, I'm glad I, I could touch you so, so profoundly. <laughs> but my dream used to be to be on Saturday Night Live. And now I just don't know if I still have... The, do you, you still want to? Yeah. I yeah. still want to. I definitely still want to. But I don't think it has the same... I don't want to say value because that's not the right word. I just don't think it has the same appeal that it once was. Right. I just don't. I think now with sketches on the internet, they're not the first or the best to do everything. But I do think that they are still so awesome. Yeah. And it would be. It's hard now because. When we were growing up, there's so many things. Like, I want to be a baseball player. I want to be a movie star. Yeah, yeah. But now once you get older and you get into the field that was your dream. Yeah, you're like firemen
0: have to carry a lot of shit. Right.
1: Well, there's that. And there's also, well, you know, if I went down this road, it wouldn't be so bad. I would still be living my dream. If I went down the other road, it wouldn't be so bad, you know? Yeah. So... Being on SNL definitely would be nailing the dream that I carved out when I was twelve or thirteen. Right, but there are a lot of other things I could still do that would make me feel like I'm filling myself.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, and the longer I'm out here too, it's like uh, it's it's very interesting, especially seeing people that we know start to get jobs yeah. on the show. Yeah, which is like which it's it, it makes it more like uh, it's more more obtainable, but also like. But also, it's, it seems close, but also far away. It's like, wait, was that the guy to get it out of
1: us? Right. Do you know what I mean? Have you
0: auditioned for it yet?
1: Mm-mm. Me either, but I did submit a writing packet that I got absolutely no feedback on, <laughs> which
0: alerted me that I did not get the job. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've. So this was the this this past year or this year, was the first time I actually had a, somebody submit a tape on my behalf. Mm-hmm. And I think some people saw it, but it's one you, of those things that, where it's like I have no idea.
1: You know, I don't know whether or not it's better or worse to be a door-to-door salesman, because at least you know when you haven't made the sale. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like we're salesmen, <laughs> but we're just kind of like shooting our pitch out into outer space. And who knows who's receiving it or if it gets received. Yeah. And, you know, maybe it just takes 10,000 years for it to get there and come back. Yeah. But fuck if we'll ever know. Am I allowed to curse oh, on this Whatever
0: show? you want, Sandy.
1: Okay. Do you, I don't know if you have sponsors that, like Johnson & Johnson that don't. I actually, Gerber sponsors wow. this. Yeah. I noticed you're living pretty comfortably, so you know what I mean? Might. I don't this know. This is all my girlfriend's doing. <laughs> <laughs> I can I live with my girlfriend. Yeah, I can tell okay. what when, like, when an apartment is of the girlfriend's doing. Of
0: course. Of course. Anything with style, I'm like, yeah, it's that's my that's my girlfriend.
1: It's and it's not that we don't have style or know what we do or don't like, it's that we don't fucking care enough. Yeah. I don't like I don't care if I come home and look at something on the wall or See something? Cl- I would prefer it that way, but not if I have to do it myself.
0: <laughs> uh so okay, you grew up a- around like suburbs of Detroit, kind suburb of. Of, suburb,
1: and in a affluent suburb of Detroit. Mm-hmm.
0: So do the people on the suburbs of Detroit just look at Detroit like ill, gross? That's what I would think.
1: Yeah, you know, <laughs> I when I went away to college, in I went to Indiana University. Why can't I speak today? I went to Indiana University. <laughs> <laughs> maybe okay, I, maybe all honest. the internet commenters are right. Maybe
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sandy, I went to no. I
1: went to Indiana University in Bloomington, and, and it, it's a lot of suburban kids from other big cities. Yeah, like Chicago, Kansas City, mm-hmm. Milwaukee, Cleveland, Indianapolis, even on the East Coast, Jersey, New York. And all those people grew up in the suburbs, but they often went to the city for mm-hmm. cultural reasons, you know, whatever—a meal or a play, <laughs> musical, concert, whatever, comedy. Yeah. Growing up in Detroit, you don't you like you don't really go to Detroit, or at least back then we didn't, unless we absolutely had to. Yeah. There was the auto show, which I guess you know we would go in town for, and then there's this. Famous chili dog place called Lafayette, Coney Island that we would eat at after. Other than that, you never really go to Detroit. We had our high school graduation there. We'd go there to get drugs sometimes. But... And our parents didn't know that. It's not like they were <laughs> like, am I going down downtown Detroit and picking us up some drugs? Sandy, <laughs> so anyway, we have a grocery list for you. And uh,
0: yeah, there's some, you know, we need a dime bag. And there a- were
1: raves down there when I was growing up. I never went to want one I wanted to so bad, but never did. Did you want to be in that scene? I didn't want to be in that scene, but I wanted to experience it. Right.
0: Have you been to a rave since being to Los Angeles? No, I haven't. Dude, let's go, man. <laughs> All right. Let's, <laughs> let's do, do it. Dude, let's do
1: it, man. Are you going to wear 97-inch um, diameter pant
0: legs? Oh, I've got to. Yeah. I've got to. And I've got to have glow bracelets and...
1: You know how ev- like everything kind of like is cyclical and fashion, you know, kind of like in a hybrid of the... Late 80s, early 90s, but with a modern touch to it. Yeah, yeah. Do you ever think that the Jinko jeans, like the super baggy, I just don't see that ever (laughs) coming back. I actually, I I think so. But I wonder, and I think, and I'm like.
0: I I don't know if they will, but just in case, I've kept all my stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I usually do that, but the Jinkos were the
1: one exception. Yeah,
0: dude. I I don't think, I think there's certain things that, that don't. Make a return. I think. Uh, I think certain things in a, in throughout history. Are like, yeah, I think we can bury that tradition or bell that bottoms style. came
1: back for a while, and then yeah. they were flares. What about? Do you guys remember capri pants? Oh yeah, yeah.
0: Which, those are more popular for I, like. D- those are basically what guys do with. Um, well, uh, I guess not. A lot of guys cut off their. Their skinny jeans into shorts. Yeah, but yeah. But the Capris, that was like the mid. That the was mid like gin. just above your ankle. It was like yeah. you
1: got your pants tailored too short. Yeah. Or. It was like high waters almost. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. I'm wearing a 70s Christmas sweater. I like that. That I, is it's Those na- are timeless. So. It's now in fashion, and it's my friend's dad's actual sweater from the 70s. Yeah, that's so awesome. Like, so it's like it's back in fashion, baby. It cycles.
1: I think there's certain. I've always picked the wrong things to keep.
0: As what you got in your closet?
1: Yeah, like um, let me think. By the way, every time I listen to a podcast I'm on, which isn't very often, I always realize I say the word "like" way too much, and it drives me fucking crazy.
0: I do the same thing. I'm working and on it. I just may, maybe just have to accept
1: that I'll never be articulate. <laughs> 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 that I just speak colloquially. Is that is that? The way Is that the right description for it? Right part? Right. No, part of me being inarticulate. So. <laughs> uh, and I say, uh, too much too. Is that really something you say or more just something you kind of vomit out of your
0: speech? It's a placeholder. I've, I've been taught by speech people that just silence is better. Just when you're thinking. It is,
1: but I just, keep, my brain isn't willing to accept that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's part of me being obnoxious. your insecurities, so man. It is. I've got too many of those. Okay, so we'll get back to the closet. Spe- thing. Wait. Speaking of insecurities, go- going back to what you wanted to talk about, mm-hmm. I didn't. I got out of bullied growing up because I developed a Chris Farley impression at a young really? age, and anytime time other guys would try to pick on me. I would be like, I don't think you want to do that. <laughs> I've got what doctors call a little bit of a weight problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I would make <laughs> friends with all these asshole bullies. And those are the people that ended up being my friends. And now I realize I don't
0: fucking like them at all. Yeah. <laughs> but they're now lifelong friends. And by the way, I have to, to compliment you on this. I have looked around on the internet. I have seen not many people that have are have the balls to attempt even a Chris Farley impression. You have the best Thank Chris you. Farley Thank impression you. in the world. Hands down, I've looked, I've looked dude, I've thank you spent a lot of time on YouTube. I'm not gonna researching. remember this compliment, but thank you. <laughs> it's researching other people. I'm not blowing smoke over your butt. And it's like you just heard it on this podcast. Whenever Sandy does it live, he's channeling like he channels Chris Farley. It's amazing. Thank you. and you It's do not the kind of impression that is going to get me on Saturday
1: Night Live. <laughs> right, I can do Belushi and Farley, and I don't think Lauren wants to be reminded so much of, of those somebody that channels those two guys. Right,
0: right. Uh, but you do you do a lot of other impressions, too. I do, but
1: not so many famous people. I haven't really figured out... I, you know, if I was in a position where I was on a show like Saturday Night Live where it's like, hey, we need a sketch where uh, somebody does... That guy from The Walking Dead. Would I be able to figure it out? Or You know, you watch Saturday Night Live, and it's not like the people are doing
0: spot-on impressions. Not at all. It's very rare that they actually do spot-on impressions. Yeah,
1: and uh, they're just dressed up, and they're doing something close. Daryl Hammond did spot-on impressions of everybody. Yep. And that sets the bar for where you have somebody... That fills that role of, oh, he's the, he can do anybody. Yeah. Yeah. But then they just have people that are on there that can do some. Bill Hader could do a lot of people. You know, Bill Hader gives me hope because he did a lot of really obscure impressions. And that's what I think I'm better at obscure impressions or people that I've spent a lot of time with. Yeah. I'm good at. You know, I could do Don Pardo, the late Don Pardo, he died recently and i don't you know I don't like want to talk bad about people, but and I'm definitely not talking bad about Don Pardo incredible <laughs> talent but right i was I was hosting the show in New York at Gotham, and Jay Farrell was on the show, okay, and to bring him up, I was like, "I don't know how this is gonna go, but I've always wanted to do this I've been a huge fan of the show my whole life. <laughs> So here it goes. Ladies and gentlemen, Jay
0: Farrow!
1: <laughs> and he gets up there, and he ripped me for like three minutes saying how bad of a Don Pardo impression that is and how it sucked, and he's black, he could do a better Don Pardo impression. Then he did one, and it was horrible. <laughs> it was not even what, close how, to how, What good the as audience, How did they respond? They kind of just... Where it, kind of, it, it was awkward, awkward because yeah. they're
0: like, that guy had a better impression yeah. than your crap. And it, it
1: made me not like him. And now every time I watch the show, I kind of pick his impressions apart where I once thought that they were all very impressive. And now I just kind of watch and I'm like, well, that one's good. But the other two we did on the show were terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and now, you know, I'll just make it awkward once I get on the show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you 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 walk in and you're like Jay, very nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: he, You know, the other thing is, I'll always remember that. He does not remember. <laughs> it did not cross his <laughs> mind once after right. that Isn't
0: happened. Isn't that weird? Dude, I've actually, I've had a couple comics who uh, uh, have uh, come up to me who I, some in the pro of like, I defended them on stage and then other that I riffed out something, like kind of Crap on them just a little bit, but in jest. And I never, right, keeping I, it light, dude. And I never like, like, do like crap on somebody. And I've had a couple of people that are like, "You said this one thing about me." I'm like, "Dude, I'm so sorry." Like, I was, I like, I was just riffing. You were the set before me. I don't even remember it. It's so weird, like how you can say stuff jokingly sometimes, and then it affects people. And you're like, "Oh, shoot." Well, not so much anymore. But the store used
1: to be 100. percent that that especially the potluck,
0: oh dude I, I I so whenever I started coming around the potluck, I feel like it was almost the very tail end of it whenever I was doing it there's only a few like Benji and Tony were were hosting the potluck a lot and Eric Marino and they would sometimes they really crap on people, but it got less and less the longer you went but yeah you you started working at the store they they did that, but they were really just heavily influenced by
1: the people... Before them. Before them. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That was like, the, that was like this is how you do it, and almost. You, yeah,
1: exactly. But you know what? It does have... While it did hurt to be totally humiliated after you either had a bad set or what you thought was a good set by the host, who's way more experienced and funnier in a lot of cases, it provided, A some constructive criticism while maybe going a little loose with the term constructive yeah yeah but it also you have an inflated sense of self or else you wouldn't be getting up on stage thinking you could do it yeah and you're it's a show of a bunch of people like that who it's an open mic that goes on for hours and hours and hours and for the audience to be able to endure that they need some brevity and honesty from somebody, sure. somebody who who's on the same page with them, is speaking the audience's mind, basically. Right, exactly. It's what the host. And does. while the hosts have the tendency to go a little far with it, where <laughs> there would be times when I'd be walking off stage, and the hosts were so funny, Jeff Danis and Ryan O'Neill, yeah, that I would be laughing at what they were saying, but seriously crying on the inside <laughs> because of how true I knew. What, what they were saying yeah. was and it, oh there were a lot of times like that but it also f-
0: gives you thicker skin and yeah. the, and and it gives you motivation it, to to really try to kill it the next time you go up that so it's like a competitive thing you're right like, oh no i'm going to sh- i'm going to show them the next time i go up right
1: and it's also would you rather be coddled would you rather just go on thinking that something you're doing is good when it's not
0: dude it's it's I find it way worse and that's actually uh one of the reasons why like I was very plugged into uh uh the second city out here. And mm-hmm. I I did I had, second
1: city in Detroit when it was still there.
0: Yeah. And I I had a great time out here in Hollywood, but the longer I went on, the more I was like, They're coddling us here. Yeah. And it like and I went to the comedy store and it was, you know, it was,
1: that's part of the reason why so my influence always growing up was way more sketch and improv and stand up was something that i had a fleeting interest in here and there but really just the only stand up i remember truly being affected by growing up was chris rock mm-hmm. and maybe some some like comic remix bits or <laughs> or uh what was the other comedy central show where the, premium blend premium blend yeah yeah and I was really just... And then I, in college, started doing sketch and improv. And it was a combination of the coddling. Like, nobody who was bad was told they were bad. So they just got this free pass to not only just be always on, but also be bad and always on. And there's no worse combination. It's it's very true. Than an unchecked ego that never shuts the fuck up. (laughs) And I couldn't take it, and it pushed me to doing stand-up. I was like, I just want to be able to do things on my own terms. Yeah. Which is so off-base, and I should have just stuck with <laughs> and put up with the positive people there instead of the, <laughs> the people that brought me to the dark side.
0: Now, you came out from Detroit. You started working at the comedy store. How how did uh, – uh, and then you started going on the road with uh, Pauly Shore. How long did you work at the store before he started taking you on the road? Well, I moved out here after college. Yeah. And
1: I had a job at National Lampoon. Oh, and that's while cool. I was working there, a friend of mine started interning for Pauly who's interested in getting into music. And he didn't want to work for Pauly anymore. Pauly has a... You know Pauly, sure, right?
0: mm-hmm.
1: He has this system where he has fresh out of college or fresh out of high school kids whose parents still help them out work for him for free so he doesn't have to worry about paying them because they're already being supported. And it was even on TMZ, he had an application form where <laughs> one of the questions is, what do your parents do? Or, like, how much money do your parents make? Something to that effect. But I, was, I already had a full-time job, so I was working for him. This is the fir- my first time meeting him was up the ramp Next to the comedy store, he yeah. is, he owns that house above there. We met on his driveway. we were just sitting on his driveway. He's like asking me, very being very professional, asking me questions about work and this and that, and when I would be available to work for him. And I yeah, so I would go to work from like eight thirty to six thirty, and then go work for him from like seven or six forty five until sometimes eight, sometimes nine, sometimes midnight. And then work full (laughs) time. That's a long day, right? And so the last, he's like, "All right, cool. So you know, I'll see you tomorrow after your work. You're gonna be working for the Weasel Buddy." And I was like, (laughs) "And I grew up going to his movies and like watching him on MTV. Of course, so it was like super cool for me." And I would go, and I'd work for him, and it was so exhausting. And What would you do for
0: him? Just he Emails, tape recorder
1: to tape record the stuff he thought would be material, and I would have to type it out into a Word document. Oh. Or, which is transcribing? The, yeah, transcribing. You transcribe his yeah. stand-up?
0: Yeah. That's a <laughs> tedious job, man. So
1: tedious. That's why sometimes it would take me hours and hours, and other times he would just have me... Stuffing envelopes or sending out email blasts or packing his merch bag for mm-hmm. tour. And I did that from about September to January. And I would go to the store, but it, it took away from me doing mics and doing shows. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, and like it, within the first week, maybe three days after I'd done it for him, I didn't do it every day, I would do it like three, four days a week. He's like, dude, next time you come over, maybe try smiling. I was like, this is the worst. I'm working for you for free. (laughs) I've got a full-time job on top of this. I'm trying to do stand-up on top of that, and you tell me to fucking smile. (laughs) So I was biding my time doing that, and then I finally got enough nerve to ask him, can you get me a job at the comedy store? I'll do anything there. And I didn't know how, like I hung out there a little bit, but I didn't know how it worked. I didn't know that there were people doing the open mic for years waiting to be asked to work the shittiest job on Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And some, so just by asking him that, he gave me these huge, oh, sorry. I don't know why my phone did that. He gave me these two huge Betamax players, recorders to take down there. And I, from that moment on, was working at the store as the video. Uh, I don't even know what, was the video guy? The phones room now used to be wall-to-wall stacks of Betamax tapes, Hi8, VHS, all these different old outdated technologies of video. Yeah. And my job was to put them on DVD. And Clock. now I told I told them it would it would streamline the whole process if I could just put all of them onto a hard drive and they insisted that I not <laughs> do that. And it made no sense to me. And then Paulie spent years having later interns put all the DVDs onto a hard drive.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: But I was getting paid that the minimum wage at the yeah. comedy store to just go into the phones room and then I got put on the friends and family list with pissed everybody off <laughs> and so nobody liked me there <laughs> the only two people that were nice to me the only two employees were Steven Glickman and Sean Halpin they were the only two ones that were nice to me at first yeah. everyone else and Tommy told everybody that well he's polly's spy
0: oh no so So
1: And Tommy yelled, you can't just come in here And get on the friends and family list Okay, this is an artist colony It's not how things work You gotta (laughs) endear yourself to everybody You can't just go up and leave You gotta hang out here
0: Okay, good to see you bro
1: (laughs) (laughs) So then I hung out there Did my spots Tried to endear myself to people people started to come around to me a little bit. Yeah. But everyone was still pretty weary that I was going to tell Polly something. And then I felt like it would really help if I offered to cover people's shifts and I started doing that. I started doing the lot a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then the second time I I did that Boon Shakalaka exposed himself. <laughs> <laughs> to me and and the guy working the back door, and the guy working the lot, and I was working the. Fr- I was seating in the uh, in the original room. He just
0: showed you his dick,
1: and he. I was hanging out back there, and this is back when you could drink and smoke <laughs> and be fucked up while working. While working, yeah. Which I think you still can, but they only tolerate they a certain level of it. Yeah, but I was I had already been drinking, and these two guys just said, you know. what? We don't have to take this. And they left. So I had to work seating in the original room, the back door, and parking cars while I was drunk and high. <laughs> Why did Boone? And then from then on, I got shifts doing regular jobs there in, in addition to the video room. Wow. Because Bo- it, it it's two guys that he has a crush on. <laughs> That's how he that's his in? That's it, that's. I, I guess so. Boone used to have a lot more power and carte blanche at the store under the old regime. Really? Yeah. Huh. There was this old manager, Dean, that just he had a soft spot in his heart for the undesirable people of the world. <laughs> <laughs> and they just it they used to be called the Dean fifteen and it was just all these <laughs> Fifteen people that nobody wanted there except for Dean, and they all had free run of the place. And could do whatever they want without any consequence. There used to be very little consequence, (laughs) little to no consequence for any action there. You could get away with just about anything. Those two guys that left in the middle of their shift could have gotten their job back. No problem. When I was in high school, I used to work all these different waiter and busboy jobs. And it would blow my mind if somebody quit or got (laughs) fired and then came back in. Oh, yeah. How do you show your face? But at the comedy store, it totally changed everything for me because people would get fired and and be hanging out there after they got fired. (laughs) And then the next day and and the next consecutive few days, and I, I just didn't understand... You got fired from your job and you're still hanging out at the place?
0: And it still happens. That's yeah. that still happens. We we know some people yeah, yeah. Who, who still do that. You're like, oh wow.
1: But it it's run a little bit more like a business nowadays.
0: Yeah. Uh we have to wrap up here in a little bit, but uh I wanted to uh I'm sure you've got some really good uh 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 touring stories uh with Polly, but I also wanna ask you about uh what happened with uh Bobby told me, uh, uh, Bobby Lee, for our listeners, uh, told me he he got you like a small cameo on Mad TV. Do you want to yeah. talk about that? That was so. By the way, my career peaked in 2008, two years <laughs> into living here. Which I remember. Whenever I was seeing your name on flyers and stuff around then, that's what everybody was using as your. People like, still use yeah, that. Yeah, I mean it's 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 really cool. Like it's really it cool. is, Sandy but it's Ganto also embarrassing because.
1: I was on it for maybe 45 seconds, and but the- it was <laughs> seven years ago. <laughs> but, you know, it's it made my life back then. And I was just in a sketch with Bobby and Dave Navarro and this really hot girl where Bobby has a boil on his back and Dave Navarro is trying to help him get it off, and I'm just a shirtless Armenian man that lives in his closet <laughs> who cooks soup in there. And... Probably on YouTube. Probably a lot of haters comment.
0: <laughs> <on it. laughs> Hilarious sketch, except the closet guy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but that, was, that made my life. And then I started touring with Pauly after that. And actually, there was another time Bobby asked me to be in another episode. But it was when I was supposed to go with Polly and I begged Polly to not make me go so I could... Be in this episode, of he's course. like, "Dude, you gotta honor your commitments, bro." Oh man! And by the way, I've never seen him honor his commitments if it's <laughs> something he doesn't want to do. <laughs> but I was on top of the world. I was I was on the road touring two years into comedy on Mad TV. I didn't think life could get it any I was like, "This is it. I have made it. I'm yeah. gonna. It's only gonna get better from here." And then it didn't <laughs> it did not get better from there uh the offers stopped coming in the offers being 45 seconds on mad tv mad tv <laughs> got canceled nobody else offered to put me on their tv show after that Because you know i was the death knell that caused mad tv to get canceled
0: <laughs> my 45 seconds killed the show uh we're coming around to uh, the uh, the last portion of our show. The uh, unless you want to share any uh, Pauly stories uh, before that, but uh, where the Hollywood bitch slap, and that's Justin explain. You know what the Hollywood bitch slap is? We briefed you. I don't want to keep briefing the audience. I kind of did it when I was talking about the YouTube yeah. comments. Yeah, But I have many it. more do you, stories. Do you want to clo- get another one? Do you want to close with a a, a Polly story? I could do
1: like a Hollywood bitch slap hybrid poly story.
0: Let's do right. that. That sounds perfect. That sounds like a good pizza.
1: Let me think for a second. Okay. So I used to have long hair and a mustache similar to to what Justin's got going. You about. rock it? Yeah. Did you get the latest? No, no goatee, but okay. just mustache long hair. Yeah, very similar. I did. Hair. You know what? Oddly enough, girls are in not not hating on you, but a little bit heavier. Did not looking back at those pictures, I don't see what any what I was thinking or anyone saw that consensually had sex with me. Not that there was anyone that <laughs> had unconsensual sex with me, but I would. Paulie would on the road tell everybody it's Ron, he's Ron Jeremy's son, and I hated it because Ron Jeremy, I I've, I've actually I've played his son. I played his son in the opening sketch of a porno scene. Did you really? Oh my yeah, my friend owns this porn company, and this is a whole another. This is a whole another episode, but I played his son, and then my friend for an, for a Comedy Central show had me play a porn star alluding to Ron Jeremy for the show mashup, and it ended up getting cut out after I told everybody that (laughs) I was going to be on this show. And then I saw what I thought was the final cut of the episode. They played it at UCB, and I was in it. And then it airs. I told everybody that I'm in it, cut out. Hollywood bitch slap right there. But Polly would go around telling everybody he's Ron Jeremy's son. And I shaved my mustache off to avoid that and he still did it. (laughs) To the point where he had me play Ron Jeremy's son in his Showtime special uh, Vegas is My Oyster. And I'm in it. He's like, dude, it'll be good for your reel. I maybe got paid $75 for like 10 hours of work. (laughs) Plus no accommodations in Vegas were paid for me. So I basically paid to be in this fucking Showtime special sketch. He's like, dude, it'll be good for your reel. But it's me pantomiming sex with an actual porn star. So no, it can't be seen in my reel. And Pauly's in love with this porn star. And he comes in. He's like, what the fuck? And, And she's talking to him. And I was like, get out of here. You're killing my boner. (laughs) Yeah, that's going to be good for a reel. And he's like, like, shut the fuck up, Susan Boyle. And I was like, I'm Don Jeremy. And he basically just took jokes that I wrote to deal with him making fun of me as Ron Jeremy's son and put them into a sketch. And then Ron Jeremy comes in and we high five and... Jesus. That was like my
0: follow up To Mad TV <laughs> So what you're saying is You want us to tag this episode For your credits As Mad TV and Showtime <laughs> Yeah Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes Yes uh, Dude Thank you so much for uh, Thank you, you for having me show. This was fun Yeah, oh, yeah. We, we freaking loved having you And uh, where can people find you On Twitter or social media Anything else like that You can,
1: f- you can follow me uh, I'm on Twitter At Twitter no, at Sandy Danto, S-A-N-D-Y-D-A-N-T-O. I have a website that's up most of the time, sandydanto.com. <laughs> <laughs> There's other stuff I should probably... Uh, I
0: can't. You're on remember. YouTube. <laughs> all, all, all that stuff.
1: Leave me something really hurtful on YouTube. Go read it.
0: That's the best way to reach out
1: to him. Yeah, get my attention. Say something really mean to me. Uh... That's about it. I'm going to start a podcast pretty soon with this doctor, this (laughs) gynecologist,
0: and we're going to talk about medical-related stuff that's funny. Perfect. Uh, Keep us updated on that, and we'll plug it on future episodes. All right, cool. All right, buddy. Love you. Thank you so much for coming by. Thanks, guys. Thanks.